<laughs> if you are looking for the ultimate course on influencer marketing, we put together a four-day workshop. If you go to d2cnews.link slash flywheel, that's d2cnews.link slash flywheel. Uh, we only have a few spots remaining, which is really crazy here. We, we, were, we were aiming uh, for 100 people. We're, we're actually pushing past that now. Uh, and, and with a still a week to, to, to sell, we're going to have a few more slots available. So go to d2cnews.link slash flywheel. If you are looking for the ultimate influencer marketing experience, you'll come out of it being able to enact campaigns with confidence and use the highest value form of advertising out there, which is influencer and creator content. There's never been a better time to be a direct to consumer business. Join us as we uncover the strategies and scaling secrets of the world's most disruptive brands and agencies. This is DTC by Pilot House. Hello and welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Friday and today we are talking about Facebook automation. We some heady, heavy hitters from the Pilot House side. We have, of course, Kyle Hitchcock, uh, Pilot House co-founder, as well as senior buyers, Charlie Titchener, Stu Mason, and Liam Robinson. We got this idea to basically get, get together and throw down on patients that are working best for us, when to do automations, how to do automations, when not to do automations. I think everyone's got some their own ideas on the topic. Why don't we start with, we like to start with a value rocket. Can someone step up with their favorite automation that they have going with their Facebook ads right now? I could go. I love, go. I love using it to test new creative, whether it's copy or images. So I'll use two rules to do this. So say you're writing new copy, you'll come up with 20 variations or new creative. You've got 20 new images you want to test. You want to pit them against each other, right? So what I'll do is set up a, uh, <clears throat> a campaign and ad set for this, throw in my 20 variations and isolate the one variable I'm testing. So maybe it's just the primary text. Everything else is the exact same throughout the ads. Then what I'll do is set up two rules. One, we'll turn off any ad with a cost per click over buck fifty. That's just too much for me. Um, and then the other is impressions greater than 400. At that point, I have enough data to move on. It's not perfect, sort of 80-20 type thing. Um, and then I can pit them against each other. So it's, it's sort of like apples to apples comparison, you know, which is stronger than the other relative to each other. Really cool thing about that is that you know Stu, Stu brought that over to Pilot House, and uh, we're doing that to test headlines now. So we're we're taking those those tests. You know what we don't use for ads, we test on pages and so on. It's actually really cool. Nice. I'll tell you one of the things that I like. I've, I've been using a lot is is a spot called I, I call it the performance gate scaling set of rules. So it's basically automating the surfing that you might do to an account. So it's happening twenty four hours a day. It resets the budget at the end of the night. And then also kills off any campaign that's not doing good enough by a certain time in the day. So by 10 a.m., noon, 2 p.m., if it's not good enough, cut bait, move on. And if it is doing well, it automates that surfing for you. So you have somebody just staring at data 24 hours a day, you know, billions of data points for, you know, trillions of data points, billions of users, no work. Can you back up and talk about surfing a little bit? I think for the, the uninitiated, like we're all from this world where we know all these terms. I would love you just to talk a little bit about what surfing is, why you do it, and how you use automation to do it effectively. Well, the way I do it, and, and the way I do it is I will say if I have a certain number of conversions or a certain number of purchase conversion value, say I start my budget at a hundred bucks and I've got enough sales today to get, and I'm already at $200 my first $70 in spend. 
Say my target is a 1X. I know I can spend at least $200 today. And even if I don't get any more sales, I can, uh, I'll break even. So as that conversion value goes up and my number of conversions goes up, I invest more and more trying to basically not be reactionary to the world from the last few weeks, but be proactive in whatever performance I'm seeing and letting Facebook invest more where I'm winning. So surfing is basically just pushing up those budgets where you're winning. And you can automate that process by if you can identify your CPAs and your ratios to ROAS and just basically say, I know I'm getting things or if it's a leading indicator, if it's on a cost per click or lead or whatever, um, and identify what that stuff is so that uh, you can basically just push all your budgets where you're winning. And on the the other side of that, um, if you're losing, you can pull your budgets back or just cut bait because tomorrow's another day. The really you kind of touched on something earlier, like the emotion, right? Like as a, as a buyer, it's pretty emotional. You get attached to your campaigns and what Charlie's talking about allows you to sleep at night, uh, you know, 80% better than, than you would have. I had a, I had a work nightmare last night. Um, <laughs> Stu and I talked about one the other day too. And uh, you know, what you're talking about surfing, sorry, Stu. I said screw melatonin, just set up automated rules. Yeah. 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 Like a baby. <laughs> surfing specifically liam's actually got a really good story from a recent account liam why don't you jump into that success yeah i mean i'm i'm with charlie like i can preface this by saying i learned most of my my rule tactics from from charlie way back um but uh yeah i mean like it's all about efficiency right it's like you know we we're spending on the winning pockets cutting the slow performance you know we know uh, typically, the campaign is off to a really solid start and it performs, you know, really well through you know, early hours of the day into the morning. Um, statistically speaking, that's where we want to put our, our budget. And, we, you know, obviously we want to spend on what's working. Um, and so, you know, the first thing is like not only is sleeping at night, but without rules, like what, you know, are you going to wake up at six in the morning and double budgets or increase budgets by 30, 40 percent if you want? Um, it's, it's all about even if it over the span of two weeks, increases your ROAS by 20% just because you were able to make those decisions faster. Um, it makes a, it makes a huge difference. And so um, I think the account Kyle is referring to here, uh, we, you know, pretty, pretty basic fundamentals um, in terms of how we set it up. We mark campaigns, um, in this case with a QQ, just referring to this is our batch of campaigns that we turn no matter what will be reactivated at, at midnight. Um, and then we do the same for the ads in those campaigns. Um, just so that, you know, we can kind of set rules based on, on ad name. Um, and then it's really just the, the automation is, um, you know, if, if ROAS is where we want it to be, if the amount of sales is where we want it to be, um, you know, either double budget or increase budget by, you know, we typically go 30, 40%. Um, and we make those calls early. And, and also the inverse of if, you know, campaign A has spent $200 with only one sale, doesn't meet our ROAS requirement, pause it and restart it at, at midnight to have another shot the next day. Um, and, and, you know, th those are really just like the fundamentals that have, have allowed us to, to really crank up budgets and improve performance. And just yeah. to frame that too, like you really can't get attached to campaigns or your audiences. This allows what, what we're talking about here allows you to set up like hundreds of campaigns, right? And so you're riding the whales throughout the day. And if you bought traffic on Facebook, you know, like you don't know what's going to hit your best campaign today just came out of nowhere sometimes it's it's definitely not your best campaign yesterday and so uh we we very much like to set up a ton of audiences a ton of campaigns and let the rules kind of 
drill into to what's working and then scale them up hard. Yeah, like one thing, one thing we really learned is like if you have a hundred dollars to test something, would you rather spend that hundred dollars in one day and then decide, okay, either it worked or it didn't work and make decisions on that? Or do you rather spend $33 didn't hit what you want and then spend $33 the next day didn't hit what you want and then 33 the next day because um, your rules turn them off and then you're like okay we gave it three chances over three different days over $100 in budget and make decisions kind of off off of that it's the same amount of you know resources going in but it kind of adds more perspective a little bit I'll you sound like an addicted gambler the ethos of what I look at this is yeah, it's all gambling, right? We're day traders, right? I mean, this is Vegas. I call them lottery tickets all the time. Uh, for me, it's an ethos. It's two parts. Number one, if when I'm properly using automated rules, it's effectively an entry-level employee conducting executive-level business decisions without error or emotion 24 hours a day, looking at billions of people, trillions of data sets on millions of websites without error, right? It's going every 30 minutes, something is going to be done and I set simple business rules. And it doesn't necessarily mean that I don't ever touch things, but it means my safety net is a dedicated, it's three full-time equivalent on staff, error-proof people that are going to do the job for me, that all I have to do is manage them instead of actually doing the work myself. The second side of it is, which kind of goes back to the testing piece, I'll use the rules a lot too at the ad level um, where just like app, I know this ad's not getting delivery today or it's not doing well today. If you have four or five ads in an ad set, you can turn those ads off, especially when you're testing. Um, or if you have multiple, you know, dynamic creatives inside of one campaign, you can turn off those ad sets. And what it does is it allows you remove poor decisions from the Facebook ecosystem, which means you're investing where good decisions are being made. And over time, over days, what that means is Facebook is going to more heavily invest where it is previously more heavily invested. So you're effectively tra training the Facebook ecosystem to understand your business objectives in a way that you couldn't ever tell. You can't ever say, I want an ad that delivers me this and this and this. Like there's no, you have an automatic bid or you put it in a bid based on some logic. There's no way of informing what your goals are. So I always treat it as like training a dog right? I'm just trying to get it to not pee in the house. And when it doesn't pee in the house, I'll give it a treat. In this case, instead of a treat, instead of begging strips, I'm throwing it cash. Like <laughs> cash, just like me. Hey, I like, I, guys, I like I'm curious. Metaphor. Yeah, that's a great metaphor. Sorry, guys, I'm curious. So we talked about scaling here. What are we doing to, to stop the bleeding? For me, when I had set up that performance gate scaling thing, and I'm only referencing that because it wasn't a DTC newsletter a while ago, um, which was nice to, to get uh, some publication, um, is that part of that is understanding where am I losing early? For instance, I've got a performance gate scaling thing right now set up on one of our clients. And uh, it very much is based around, there's a lot of latency in that client. We might not get a sale on the first day. It might be two or three days. And I'm a big one day data set person. But I've found a correlation between leading indicators on that account, cost per clicks, ratios, earnings per click, things like that. So I can tell by noon, by two o'clock, by 10 a.m., where do those numbers need to be? So for instance, if I know I need to get my clicks for $2 or cheaper, or it's never going to actually pan out long-term, I can cut bait early in the morning and just throw my investment somewhere else. Um, and, and that's a lot of where I do on a lot of the things is just basically say, if I've got 10 horses in the race, how do I cut half of them by noon and just scale the shit out of the other ones that are working? And on good days, maybe I'll spend twice as much as I would on a bad day. 
but my performance, I'm scaling my efficiency as much as I am scaling my spend. Cool. And I think to, to Charlie's point, um, no spend is better than bad spend because you yeah. want to treat this algorithm the right way. Um, and I think to do that, like to scale vertically, like I think there's three core rules that you need to set from the start and you need a stop loss rule that will cut any bleeders. Uh, I like to do it at the ad level just because you don't want to do it ad set and campaign level because you may throw out the baby with the bathwater. So you need a reset rule. That's number two to reset those paused ones. If you run into an ad that is done, done, mark it with, you know, stop or dead and then have that in your rule, you know, so restart any ad that doesn't contain the word dead. Yep. So that's number two. And then three is increasing budget when you have good performance. That one's self-explanatory. It's based off whatever metric you're running on, you know, increased budget, 15, 25%. Yeah. So yeah. you've got those three categories of rules and then how many rules in those two uh, basically, is it just one rule per category as well that you're usually doing? You can only have, each rule can only really perform one function. So for instance, if you're saying, I want to turn off rules that are, I want to turn off an ad that's not performing well today. That would effectively be two rules because you want to turn it off, but you also have what I call like a midnight reactivator that comes back in. So there's two pieces because any work that you want to do, you have to be able to undo so that the next day, all your horses in the race, uh, unless you, I, I use hashtag pause in my ad name, but it's all about nomenclature, right? If ad name does not contain, then reactivate. Uh, uh, so it's always two or three pieces. You just have to understand what is that mechanism. Nice. Okay. What else can we talk about rules? Have you, has anyone ever over automated something? Can you tell if you've put, if you've put in automations that are actually detrimental <laughs> to your campaigns? Who are you pointing at? Stu. <laughs> <laughs> had a uh, horrible battle of the bots the other day where I just got too deep into rules. I had conflicting rules. And so what ended up happening is just, they took off and got a life of their own and started spending and turning on and turning off against each other. Just, I had too many different configurations of rules. And so I had to, you know, completely clean up, delete, uh, rename, all this sort of stuff. And uh, it happens. It does. It's, it's scary. Like, Charlie, I, I know you, you automate a ton, man. Does that ever happen where you're just like, shit, I got to get out of the weeds here? Yeah, sometimes it will. I have a very sturdy set of documentation that I use for rules. And I basically try to run, I rule, I, I, I automate most of my accounts around a simple set of principles. Basically, I have a few different types of rules, right? I've got the stop loss, what I call a limiter version of a stop loss, and then a sliding scale. A limiter might say, hey, if it's noon and you don't have a sale and you should cut bait, come back tomorrow. A stop loss might say, hey, maybe you have a sale, but it's not, you got three sales but you're losing money. Hey, you're working, but you know, so I've got, I got, I got a couple of pieces in the, in the row. Another one is the performance gate scaling that I use. I might also have like an auto scaler, which basically says like over the last seven days, if you're above your target, ROAS spend up by 5% or something. And they can, you know, aggregately gain really fast because they try to use the same four or five strategies. I'll document basically however it's set up. So for instance, I might say all my top of funnel campaigns what are my rules? Do I implement this one, this one, this one, this one, or this one? And then I can understand like when they're happening, what the trigger is. But if I can document that out, um, then any member of the team can understand what's happening at any time. And it's not a midnight call of like, hey, why is this happening now? I'd probably need to update a little bit because I've gotten that message from Kyle recently. Forgive me there. But like, uh, 
you know, I, I, that documentation is the only way to save it because I've dropped in 50 rules in an account with half of them overlapping with each other and all of them make sense by themselves. But if you don't understand the context of your ecosystem, you have five employees all trying to compete with each other for attention. And the worst thing is when they both, when two rules apply at the same time and they have different impacts, right? And you got to understand that they're going to they're going to be run at the same time and you can't control what order they're going to be run at. So yeah, you have yeah. to understand I've literally run rules at midnight and then I set some to run at 12:30 a.m. cuz I want it to run after the other one. You know what I mean? Totally. I think my lesson there too getting caught in the weeds was not to rely on selecting the ads or ad sets or campaigns manually and applying a rule to them, but instead using naming conventions to do it. That's going to mm -hmm. be a lot cleaner in the end, less manual work you know, less reviewing. And just yeah. to reiterate that, that's if, if ad set or campaign contains X name. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Cause you can't edit a rule, yeah. which sucks every time you like, Oh, I dropped it. I made three new campaigns or two new ad sets or another screw it. Like it's ad bait name based. Absolutely. Nomenclature is key. Not for just for reporting, but automation as well. If you don't have good nomenclature, you're going to be working far too hard. I feel like that's a podcast in and of itself. Just, just how, how we go about it. And I saw Stu mention the other day uh, that you can now actually put emojis in your, in your campaign yeah. names. Is that going to help anything? Or is that just going to confuse things further? It will like, it will for me, I think like putting like say a medal or a trophy for, you know, a rule that I don't know, is like a top performer, like budget increase or something. Like it's going to help me organizationally uh, just with the hierarchy. Like you get, you get 30, 40, 50 rules going. It's hard to tell the difference between them all. Um, as far as naming conventions as well, I would, I would like, I like to label sort of where it is in the funnel too. I find that helps quite a bit. So top, buff, and then, you know, turn on, turn off. Yeah. Nice. I, mean, I got a question for you. So we just had a client call and you know, they're Amazon people. And so they're like, our sales normally come in at night and we're like, well, we're Facebook people. We're killing campaigns hard in the morning. Um, they want more night sales. Why don't you talk about that strategy and how we could use rules? Yeah, I mean, so you can you can day part based on time zone. And so we're basically, you know, the whole idea of what we're talking about scaling cutting slow performers means that typically you're going to start the day with more campaigns than you end with basically every single day. Um, and so say, you know, um, in this situation, you start at midnight, you have 10 campaigns live, you're, you know, by 8am, maybe you only have six, um, but the budgets are changing. Uh, what they've basically pointed out is, hey, like on Amazon, um, we get way more sales at night. And the way that our scaling works is we're finding those pockets early, focusing on them. But that also results in more early spend um, because it's, you know, we spend and then we get, you know, we, we focus on efficiency. So what we've done, um, and we're like right in the early days of testing this, so no real data yet, but um, we've set up campaigns um, to spend, uh, you know, in the, in the evening or late afternoon hours. Um, and you, you know, you can do that based on, on rule sets and, and automate it. So wherever those impressions are, are being served, it's within a certain time range. Um, you know. Liam, just, just to confirm, just like the takeaway here specifically. So we have our campaigns that launch at midnight every night, good auction, blah, blah, blah. But we're doing a separate test, separate campaigns where we're going to launch at a, a time in the afternoon, say 3 PM PST. Yes. Yeah. And then we're going to run similar rules, but we're hoping to optimize those campaigns differently than our morning campaigns so that those are feeding sales with the high row as at night and the other ones are doing it in the morning and tickers off through the day. Totally. And like Stu was saying, like that's, that's where naming conventions are your, are your best friend. If you're a multi-skew business, 
uh, and you're not considering how you're naming campaigns, ad sets and ads, then you're totally missing out. Even, even just thinking along, you know, Facebook best practices, we, we you know, um, with one of our accounts, they have over 10 SKUs. And if you want to consolidate, like say you're focusing on SKU A and campaign one and SKU B and campaign two, and you know, you could combine those into top audiences and it makes sense. If you don't have naming convention like you know in place to be able to separate those out, um, it makes consolidation really difficult. Um, so we've we've spent a lot of time in the last couple of months really honing in on how we're we're naming things and even it even allows and I think this is where emojis come in as well. Like you, you can get creative, but um, isolating you know assets like whether it's copy headline um, images. If you want to go on your Facebook account and say how is that video doing. Um, if you gave it a unique uh, unique identifier, like you can just go add name contains X and see wherever that you know at or image copy headline is um, across all campaigns, all ad sets. You can measure it that way. Um, it just you know gives a lot more perspective and, and helps you be more organized. Not not even just on the rule side, but just on the the you know measuring performance side as well. Amazing. Can I jump we, in for one second too. Okay. This day parting stuff is phenomenal depending on your vertical as well. I used to use it in the restaurant industry to push lunch and dinner rushes and spend like a million a month for like, well, restaurants that I won't name here, but uh, <laughs> fashion pizza joints. Let me put it that way. Nice. That's uh, that's pretty powerful here. She, you had, you had one final point here. I know, I know you've got to get going here. One of the things that I'm going to guys for up in the newsletter, we're going to get some of these newsletters, uh, some of these uh, uh, automated rules down, some instructions for exactly how to do them. It'd be awesome to include some actual, some actual naming conventions to see how we're innovating on the naming convention side. Um, but yeah, so that'll be in the newsletter. So subscribe there. What were you going to say, Hitchy? Uh, yeah, one parting, parting thing for me is this idea of pumping the brakes. Um, I don't know where I heard it, probably a conference or something, but I've been applying it a lot lately and, and basically what it is. So as you're scaling up, um, I've got rules that are checking every hour, regardless of whether they're scale campaigns or they're cut or whatever, it's just on everything. And so if, uh, you know, ROAS isn't where I want it, say break even, then it'll actually just decrease the budget five or, or 10%, depending on how big those campaign uh, budgets are. And in theory, or what seems to be happening is, uh, it's checking every hour. And so we're like pushing, say we surf. So we just doubled spend at like 11 AM. We doubled spend at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. one didn't hit, say it starts coming down. Uh, the rule actually decreased budget. So uh, a very small amount, but what it's doing is tricking or telling Facebook that I'm not happy with the traffic. And what it then is doing is inserting a bunch of good traffic. And sometimes it actually goes back up and then your other rules take over again. If it doesn't go back up, it just keeps decreasing, throttling the spend and the velocity throughout the day. And you actually naturally kind of end up back where you would on a midnight reset anyway. Yeah. And that plays totally into the auction too. Because remember your bid and an auto bid, or I guess lowest cost now, I'm old school, I'm an auto bid kind of guy, is your budget times your estimated action rate. If you reduce your budget, your bid becomes lower, your CPMs go down, all costs is set back to zero and you will eventually find level for water and make money. Beautiful. That sounds like a perfect way to end it. I want to thank you guys for coming on today to talk about the Automation Nation. Everyone stay safe there. Uh, Charlie, keep reminding people not asshole. I think it's I think it's the, what the world needs now more than anything. We all need to not be assholes. Okay, cheers, guys. All right, boys. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.